Welcome to Hey Rabbi, What's Up With That? I'm your co-host, Amanda Krotke. And I'm Rabbi Eli Yogov of Beth Tefillah Congregation. This podcast is sponsored by Beth Tefillah, celebrating the joys of Judaism, embracing all Jews. Hey Rabbi, what is huh. up with all the things most Jews do? Um, do you know what I mean? I kind of know what you mean. <laughs> So there's a lot of, I, I, I'm not even going to call them stereotypes. There's just like cultural practices that we all seem to embrace, even if we're not religious, such mm-hmm. as moi. Mm-hmm. Um, so among those, let's just start. Mm-hmm. So most of us do tend to avoid pork products. Whether or not we eat anything else that's trafe, meaning not kosher, uh, <laughs> like we'll eat a, we'll eat a cheeseburger, probably. We'll eat some crabs. But no bacon on the cheeseburger. No, we won't do that. We tend to avoid the bacon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so ingrained in us. It is. Although, I mean, I've had bacon. Yeah, so have I. Yeah, see. So <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean, before I was a religious. <laughs> so I had to add that. Yeah, me too. I haven't gotten there yeah. yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get it all out of my system now for when I can save my soul right, later on. Because it's not too late for me, I learned in a previous episode. It's true. All right. We also, a lot of us, uh, eat chicken soup. It's known as the Jewish penicillin, although it started from the Chinese in the Lower East Side of New York. They brought chicken soup. But then since we were all living together, we we adapted it. That's just a thing I know. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) I I didn't know that. Thank you. You don't eat chicken soup. Yeah, I don't eat it anymore. Because? Veganism. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, veganism. It's not nearly as fun eating like vegetable soup when you're sick. No, but you could have ma- matzo ball soup counts too. I well, think. that matzo balls of eggs. Oh, I know. What? I know. You don't even eat a matzo ball. I know. What kind of Jew are I you? Know, I know. Um, just I the know. kind whose soul is co- totally saved. Um, <laughs> so but but about the there, pork. There is a in chicken soup. There's actually a a thing. There's I heard a, about that. A, a, not a probiotic but like a is actually a chemical thing that makes you better so the matzo ball soup isn't gonna make you better unless it's in chicken broth Mm. but okay so about the pork yeah so about the pork so there are two signs we talked about this in a previous episode you need to split hooves and chewing their cud animals need to do that in order to be kosher so the pigs don't have do pigs pigs have split hooves right oh so they're not they're right they're not but they they don't chew their cud so they have one sign, but not, they have an oh. external sign, but oh. not an internal sign. So some, not internal sign. So some people's internal signs, they chew their cud. Some people say that that's supposed to show us that we should, you know, be try to be kosher on the outside and on the inside. But that's not the reason. That's not the reason. But there's like a mm. lesson from that. Okay. Okay. But why? So Maimonides says, why don't we eat it? He says that pigs are dirty and loathsome and they bring filth into the house. That's what he says. Ouch. Yeah. A little pig um, hater there. I know. Oh. I know. Um, so <laughs> I think the but idea is this is pigs as pets, and they're apparently fine yeah. And I think clean. this is like how people viewed pigs. They were like, you know, they they roll around in filth, and I guess they just didn't want to associate with them for that reason. Basically, based on Maimonides' ex- uh, explanation, some people say um, there's an interesting statement on on pigs actually that you probably you probably never heard this. Maybe a lot of people didn't hear this, but there seems to be a midrash. It's like a, a rabbinic statement from two, over two thousand. 1,500 years ago, it says that uh, the name of the name for pig is Hazir. Mm-hmm. It's, and that comes from the root Hazar, mm-hmm. which means to return. Mm-hmm. And some say that in the future days, pigs will return to be kosher. Ooh, what? In that midrash. That's what? It's crazy, right? <laughs> I don't even understand. Yeah. So, so in future days, we will be allowed to have pork. Like way down the messianic <laughs> days. 
<laughs> don't get excited. No, but I, I'm totally excited. I'm putting it on my calendar right now. <laughs> no I wish self. I had that day for you. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, not yeah. Maybe so I could do too. But um, but like I heard a really interesting explanation for that, where yeah. it's like nothing's everything. Nothing's black and white. It's the, everything's on a spectrum. So, uh, Rabbi said that um, p- the pig has kosher sides and unkosher sides. The problem is the unkosher sides overwhelm the kosher sides of it. And so we, we're not on the level to connect to the kosher part <laughs> without, you're not, you're not into this side. No, I'm, okay. I'm totally so, listening to you. Um, <laughs> That's fine. So in the future days, though, we'll be on a higher enough level to be able to, to like not be affected by the unkosher sides. And even if it's a small kosher side, we'll be able to connect to that. So I like that idea in the sense that like the rabbis didn't see things as a black white. There's nothing completely bad. Yeah. Uh, people see pig as like it's completely bad. It's no, there's bad. there's good sides and bad sides to it. We we, we stay away from it because of the bad sides. Right. But in the future, we may, we may be able to. Yeah, well, I just I want to say that I think the reason that the norm the non-religious Jews uh, don't do it, I think it's just a stigma. I think yeah, I, I think I'm trying it's to the, where it might have stemmed from. Right but now, it th- then it just became a stigma. It's a stigma, and I think that like the, the like because it's the main thing that non-Jews know about Jews. Oh, pork yeah. pork bad. So like. We when we go out in places we're like oh we just better not have the yeah. pork because someone might notice that I yeah. don't <laughs> but again bacon delicious so uh, one of the key symbols that is are often associated with Jews are bagels and there <laughs> there's apparently even a thing which I didn't know until recently that it's called a bagel Jew and th- those are the like cultural Jews such as myself who are like of course I'm Jewish I, I love bagels look at me I yeah, eat I like bagels, bagels a lot but the bagels. problem there is bagels have become super Americanized and like everyone They're has not, a bagel for not breakfast the way they, not the way it used to be they don't taste the same well like I mean look at lenders from yeah. their Connecticut style nonsense that's not a bagel that's mm-hmm. not a bagel people mm-hmm. um, but anyway <laughs> Sabars yes that's a bagel share, H&H share factory also a bagel yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so so um, what? Tell me, tell me about this bagel thing. Why are we so, we're so associated with bagels? And it's true. I like mm. a good bagel. Yeah, so do I. I really do like a bagel. It makes often, me happy. Yeah, exactly. I, I I don't put cream cheese and locks on it, but I do. I do. No, why would yeah, you? Of course yeah. not. So. But I've had, you know, I've had that before. But a good bagel doesn't need anything. Mm. A good bagel is fresh and squishy and crunchy, and it's all of that. Tell us, tell us about this bagel <laughs> stuff before I get really hungry. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, getting hungry. Uh, so um, it says this bagels go back uh, at least. There appears that it, it's a Polish Polish yep. thing, and from the 1600s, um, it says that the Jews were, were gave them to women in childbirth, and the idea You're is like on it was this. <laughs> Stick this in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Stop your screaming, lady. That's one way to explain it, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, another way is that like it's the eternal circle of life it's like a good omen and also it's a protection against spirits this idea of like circular um some sort of connection to warding off spirits so that was they would give it to women in, in childbirth and labor and so that was from that's kind of maybe where it, it started and it says there's also like um uh the name bagel deri- might derive from the german bugle which means ring or bracelet. I'm not sure. Some people doubt that. They say that's yeah, like whatever. nonsense, but whatever. Um, <laughs> now, uh, another thing is uh, locks. So where do locks come from? So there are two, two opinions I saw. One, per, people say, one, one view says it's like an ancient, uh, uh, it goes back a while to, to Europe. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's not so clear. Another, oh. another place I saw says that 
um, only after the 1900s. Jews used to, uh, and the reason why Jews got into locks at that time in America, is only 1900s in America, is because originally they, 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 they used to eat um, herring because that was a way they could preserve the fish right. for a long time. I, I, I never liked herring, even like I when hate, I ate I fish. Just that. the smell of it's it, disgusting. the whole thing is like. Um, but they don't have refrigeration. Yeah. They had to preserve the fish so it would last. Yeah, so in, in, in the States, salmon was cheap at that time, apparently, and salting it and. and, and, um, and what is it? Uh, it's made. It's salt, and it's also um, it's also smoked. And so there's two ways to preserve it. And so it might have stemmed from that. Now, how do we get to the cream cheese and the bagels and locks together? New York. So I saw. Okay. So I that, don't know. Yeah. So I saw. It actually, yeah. So I saw one expo- interesting explanation. Of this a, a gentleman named Gil Marks, he's a specialist in Jewish culinary history, says that they want Jews wanted to pattern uh, their 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 diet after eggs Benedict. Oh. So there they have two halves of an English muffin, ham, bacon, and a poached egg uh, with poached egg and, ho- and, and hollandaise sauce. Yeah. So we wanted to reenact that <laughs> in our own Jewish way. We couldn't have bacon. We couldn't have that. We so yeah, you, have the, you have the bagel, the lox slices instead of the ham, right. cream cheese instead of the sauce, and the bagels instead of the muffins. So hey, you know what? It works. Uh, who knows? Who I knows? think it's delicious. Yeah. I'm happy with that's that. That's all I have to say on that. You know, yeah, you do. Yeah. We're both very pro bagel. I'm also pro Philadelphia cream cheese, although I don't eat it. Well, you're from Philly. Exactly. You really, that's your favorite, that's the what, that's the stuff you like, the Philly? I like, I really like Philly cream cheese. Do you like I it? I mean, I don't eat anymore, but I really block, like it. A like the brick, I, or I, do you like it whipped? I like the brick. I like the whipped. I like the whipped, too. <laughs> I mean, I like it all. You really like, do have a lot to say on this. <laughs> We're going to have to have a whole no, other episode eat, later yeah, on about like, bagels and cream cheese. eat it with a but, spoon. So, all right. <laughs> so, you know what? <laughs> oh, God, you mm. did not just say that. I didn't. Uh, um, we also... One other thing we also do, yeah. a lot of other things we also do, we we mostly tend up, sem- most of us tend to smash a glass at a wedding, even if we're not having a particularly religious wedding. I did not That's have true. a religious wedding, and I, did I smash a glass? I don't know. Anyway, so why do we do that? Smashing a glass at a wedding. So it, the Talmud, which is a source that goes back 2,000 years or 1,500 years, <coughs> it says that Amar Barabina, a rabbi, Used to uh, at a wedding, he he is a feast for his son, and he saw everyone was really happy, and so he broke a glass at the wedding. Oh, in order to make things like opa, yeah, breaking some something plates. like that, like yeah. chill out, everybody, don't get overly happy. <laughs> watch your watch it's your wedding. Backs. I mean, so <laughs> okay, that's like seems to be this one of the sources of it. But later on, it was um, it was explained um, in the 14th century as um, like a, a way to remember the destruction of the temple in our happiest moment. And that's really the way okay. that's often explained at weddings. I so get it. you're at your peak, you're at your highest moment. Mm-hmm. And this is the time you have to remember that the world's not, not repa- completely repaired and there's still um, people suffering. But oh. uh, the way I usually explain it is like to, at funerals, at, not funerals, at no, weddings. Weddings, different wedding. thing. That was a different episode. We know you like death. Um, I usually explain it in the, in the following way. I say to the couple, you're starting your new life. You're coming together. We want we want you to focus on what you're going to do together to make this world a better place. Oh. So there's, a lot, there's a lot more work to do. I like your yeah. ideas. All right, cool. Thanks. See, I always thought it was just like smash it now so that it, when you're living together, nothing will break. <laughs> That's Does what that I work? told myself. <laughs> no. <laughs> but speaking of things in your house, mezuzahs. Ah, mezuzahs. So many of us have mezuzahs. Many of us. I don't because I'm waiting for you to come hang yeah, mine we're do that. the proper Mezuzah. way. So it's kosher. Tell people what a so mezuzah that's the is question. and why do we you all need have them. Does a rabbi need to put a mezuzah? A rabbi does not. You know, okay, but so now a rabbi I have can to help. No, no, no. But a rabbi, <laughs> it's good to have a rabbi can help out with that. I have a nice acronym yeah. for the laws of mezuzah. Okay. It's called STAR. 
Uh-huh. Oh, I love so, that already. Yeah. So you're reaching for the stars. You're, you're putting your hand up in the mezuzah. Uh-huh. Number one, has to be strong. has to be fastened very strong onto the doorpost. Okay. Number two, T. It has to be at the top, the top third of the mezuzah. Okay. A, the door, the door. on an angle. Yes. So it's a, there's a debate on that right. if you have angle That's or straight. Rabbi we talked about that once. Yeah. But nevertheless, Ashkenazic circles, they put on an angle. And number f- and the last one is right, star. That's the last one is R, on your right side ah, as you walk that in. That is a great way to remember the rules so that's of the, the star. Reach for the stars when you put on your mezuzah. Now, why do you put on a mezuzah? Because you want everything to be good in life. And if things aren't good, it might mean because that your mezuzah is not well hung. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so to speak. For sure. That's, that's one explanation. It's kind of almost seen, sometimes seen as an amulet, as a form of protection to the right. house. Another explanation. Uh, the, uh, hopefully that won't happen. Right. Um, okay. Another explanation. Awkward for moment. Another uh, explanation. So another, Why is that awkward? Uh, just, uh, <laughs> I don't want you to get possessed. All right. So... Uh, <laughs> got worried for a second. <laughs> All right, so um, another thing is like really good explanation I really like is that um, when you're walking in and out of your home, you want to think about this mezuzah helps remind you. I'm going into my home. I want my home to be a house of Jewish values. I'm going out to the work world. I want I want to live my life outside in the world based on Jewish values, loving your neighbor, um, trying to do the right thing, loving God. So yeah, and you always kiss it. You always like yeah, hi. So I'm it's here, a good kiss, reminder. Kiss. Inside of it, there are two two portions from the Torah, which are the portions from the the Kriyat Shema, from the Shema blessing, Shema prayer, um, Deuteronomy six and Deuteronomy eleven. And so that's and the Shema really is about loving God, about um, doing mitzvot, doing commandments, and being a good person. So okay, yeah. so real fast, um, I'm just going to add that I think most Jews also have a lot of angst. And are really funny. That's just a thing. It's just a thing about all of us. We're angsty and funny. That's all. I'm just saying that. I'm just putting that out there. Do you disagree? Um, yeah, I think they're connect- interconnected too, right? <laughs> you would agree? We know how to laugh. We, we are good at laughing and we persevere. We've been through some stuff and yet we yeah. still joke. It's true. We, may, we can joke about it. Um, unless you're like Larry David, then you just get in trouble every time you try to make a joke about it. But I love Larry David. So anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, we're very angsty. We're, we're full of, uh, spilkes. We got yeah. the spilkes. Here's a nice piece that Rabbi Nachman Abrezov says that, um, he, he talks a lot about staying out of depression and sadness. And a lot of people really, he, he lived in like the, uh, over 200, over 200 years ago. And he uh, he talked a lot about it to his generation. And some people say he suffered from bouts of like yeah. sadness. He and, was probably um, depressed. So, uh, but he had a lot of direction on that, and people are really pick reading his Torah nowadays. And it's like his statements on. He says one part. He's, one point he says you have to. You have to be. It's a big mitzvah, big mitzvah, big commandment, big meritorious deed to always be happy. So how do you always be happy? I don't Ugh. know. He has a lot of guidance <laughs> on that, though. He says like if you don't know, if you can't, if you're not happy, somebody says force yourself to be happy. He has a really nice statement on this. He says like this. He goes, use every possible way to bring yourself to joy, even by joking or acting a little crazy. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. This is why I joke and act all crazy, by the way. Everyone just got, you just got to the inside of my psyche. You just <laughs> got there. Now we all know. So we've got the angst. We've got some guilt. We're eating. We're not eating the bacon, but we're eating the bagels, bagels. like there's no tomorrow. And <laughs> The carbs could be next to the angst. I don't know. Oh. Could be connected. Oh, boy. Here yeah, comes uh, the vegan in you. All right. Thank yeah. you for listening to Hey Rabbi, What's Up With That? Sponsored by Beth Tefella. Join us next time when we find out how to date an Orthodox rabbi. Have a blessed day. Bye.